Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, guys. Hey. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to our show, Alex and I are estheticians in Brooklyn, New York, and we work out of a beauty studio here in Brooklyn, and we get to see you every Friday. Today's actually Monday. It's a bonus episode. You're welcome. To teach you everything <laughs> that we know about beauty and skincare, and bonus episodes are fun because it's just us fucking gabbing, which is literally my favorite. We're just going to gab about some shit. Um, tell the people what we're gabbing about today. Today, we're going to talk about friendship, different types of friendship. We recently told you guys that Alex and I are divorcing, but only in our physical business. We're still podcasting together, so don't cry. It's fine. But um, I don't know. It was a big growth moment for me, for sure, to move through that tumultuous couple weeks. Yeah. It's like making the decision, but then... I don't know. I think it was just very stressful and scary and like anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. and just like all the things you can imagine that would come with an actual divorce. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) I think. Yeah. Right. For sure. There's property involved. There's no kids, but there are investments. There's legal contracts. There's bank accounts. Money. There's money. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean... I think that we did it in the most mature way possible. And we, I don't know. I think it's really interesting because usually, I don't know. I th- <laughs> it's such a stupid comparison, but I think of like uh, the Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie situation. Oh yeah. And they're still, where, do they talk anymore? I think now they're friends again, but mm. when they had that show together, I remember there was a season where they like, recorded separately and I think by the last season maybe they were back together I don't know but that's kind of also normal though right like they were going through something and they had to do what they had to do to get through it as friends and as business partners because they were business partners on a fucking tv show essentially totally and I think it makes more sense to have a bit of a tiff within the deciding of like what's going to happen than for it to be super smooth the entire time like that's not normal Um, emotions come up and like I think that we handled it like emotionally but also like professionally well yes but I mean I can't say it enough therapy honestly because yeah like once a week I just had somebody to spill all of this to and to work through my feelings because okay so I wasn't sure if I was going to bring this up but I feel like why the fuck not 
But, you know, one of the things I discovered in therapy was that, and you and I were talking about this, like how much shit comes from childhood and you Mm -hmm. don't even realize like that one experience like transforms the whole rest of your life. And so when I was a kid, I grew up in a really small town in upstate New York and my best friend like lived right up the street from me. And um, one day in fifth grade, we were playing like touch football or something like really, really stupid. And I tackled her and she called me the N word. Oh, my God. And how old were you? I don't know. How old were you in fifth grade? Like 10, nine. And I didn't realize that that is what catapulted me to not keep friends close, to not trust people, to keep people at an arm's length. And yeah, you felt betrayed and hurt. The ultimate betrayal, dude. Yeah. The reason that I brought this up is because when you and I were going through this and I was talking to Vala and I was just like, and I guess I should say also that Alex was more mature than I am in that when she came to me, she said, I love you as a friend and I don't want our friendship to be ruined by like what I'm about to say. And I'm saying this because I want to maintain our friendship. And she told me she wanted to leave the company. And I said, well, fuck you. I don't need another friend. I need a business partner. So that's that. (laughs) Essentially. And And when I told that to Vala, I was like, I didn't mean that. It just like that's my that's like the old Elizabeth's reaction. Right. It's just like put up this shield. For sure. But also when someone comes at you with something you maybe weren't expecting, I think most people would have some sort of like defense mechanism. Like as humans, I think that's normal. Oh, my God. Stop being so understanding, dude. You're thinking. No, I think I'm a very defensive person. So that's true. You are. Yeah. (laughs) The only person who's more defensive than me is you. Yeah. So like I wasn't expecting you to be like, that's nice. (laughs) But my point is that when I told this to Vala and I said, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting dumped. And she said, you're not getting dumped, actually. This is the opposite of what happened with you and Rachel is your friend is choosing you. She said to you, I want to be your friend. I love you. And this is how our friendship can continue. Mm. And that was like, I mean, that was just huge. It was I felt and that's why I feel so proud. It's like I feel very proud that you and I were able to like get through this. But I also just felt so proud like in a life like what do they call that? A breakthrough? Yeah. It is a breakthrough. Yeah, dude. And come on the other side and be like, this thing that you didn't even know was weighing you down for all of these years can be released. I think that's how it is in therapy, though. It's like you can go into it for like X, Y and Z, um, but then you learn so much more. And it's kind of like not until certain things happen that you can like have these breakthroughs, I think. Totally. And I think change is not easy for me. It's extremely hard. It's very hard for me to speak up about how I feel. It's really hard for me to like tell people around me how I'm feeling. Um, I'm like very, even like a lot of things I've said, and I only started seeing this therapist. I've only seen her a few times so far, but she's like, you're constantly putting other people before you, which is like so nice, but it's never benefiting you, you know? And like you you need to kind of step back sometimes when you're making a decision or before you make a decision to say like, how does this affect me? Not that everything needs to benefit me and it's all about me, but like think about how it affects you and care about it. (laughs) Also, Alex, at the end of the day, dude, you are the only person that's in control of your life. And so to be like, oh, it's not all about me. Like, yes, it is all about you. If it's not all about you, then who the fuck is it about? Totally. See, there's, I go again. (laughs) But also look, this is why you and I work well together because we balance each other out. Totally. And actually, in my last session with her, I really did not let her get a word in. <laughs> it was word very. 
Yeah. And um, it was funny because like a few things that I was asking her to like help me with, I kind of answered myself while talking because I think saying things out loud, you realize like where the fucking problem is. Mm -hmm. You hear yourself. Yeah. I was like, I sound like a fucking idiot and I know what she's going to tell me. But that's what therapy is. That's all that it is. Just talking, just getting this shit out because you just have to get it out. You just have. It's funny. Like when I miss therapy and the only time that this didn't happen was last week, which is when I was like, because I overslept. Oh, that was the day before I slept for 36 hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, maybe I don't need therapy anymore. Usually I'm waking up like super excited. I overslept. You just fucking talk, dude. And when I don't have therapy for a week, I just I'm like, oh, who's going to get it? So I'm about to word vomit on somebody. Somebody's going to ask me how I am and it's all going to fucking come out <laughs> because I'm just used to this coming out now. But it's like if you don't, if you just keep it bottled up, like. Yeah. And I think there's certain things like, yeah, you can talk to friends about it. But number one, I think that there's certain things like, yeah, you want to tell your friends about, but it's not up to them. It's the blind leaving the leading the blind. I'm sorry with friendship. Exactly. So I think. That's why it's really important to talk to a professional if you can, because that's how you actually make progress. Like, yeah, sometimes you just need to bitch to your friends. Sure. That's obviously normal. But if you're trying to, like, get anywhere in life. Totally. (laughs) With that. (laughs) Totally. Because your friends love you. And so they're going to, like, want to support you or or be on your side or make you feel better, even if you're batshit crazy wrong. And, you know, I used to say to Val, like, Val, you give me such good advice. And she's like, I don't give you advice. I give you tools to like work through obstacles and I help you work through your thoughts, but I don't give you advice. Yeah. And I and I really liked that because she was absolutely right. And I mean, as somebody who loves to give advice, maybe just don't. I think like as friends, it's best to just listen, really. Like that's all your friend needs when they're coming to you for something. But yeah, I think I'm just learning a lot about myself and a lot about how my childhood affected me. And like my first session with this new therapist, I was like hysterically crying yeah, (laughs) over things that I didn't realize were like really upsetting and sad to me. Yeah. And um even nice things. She was asking about like long-term friendships I've had. And I was like crying, saying happy things. Yeah. It's wild, right? Yeah. And um, and she had to ask me, she's like, what's making you cry about that? Are they like not a good friend? Yeah. I'm like, no, she's a great friend. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's having all of this inside for so long and not being able to release it. Because the yes. same dude, I, I'm, every week I say to Vala, I swore I wasn't going to fucking cry today. I swear I wasn't going to cry. And she finally had to say to me, like, what? Like, in here, you don't have to be the same person that you are out there. Like, in here, yeah. you can cry all you want and it's just fine. And guess what? I'm crying a lot less in regular life. Right? I think it's, like, good to, like, do it there and keep it there as much as you can. Yes. That's, like, what we're paying for, I guess. Um, yeah, it feels more productive. Yes, exactly. And I think... Yeah, I don't know. I'm learning definitely just a lot about myself. And um, I think that we like navigate it. I think that has also helped me navigate like our situation. And I think too, like people just assume like we're these enemies now. And it's kind of funny. Really? 
I think so. I think like my client reacting like, oh, how does Elizabeth feel? Like, I think they don't want to or at least this person didn't want to say like, ooh. I mean, I've how. never heard of any business partners that like separated amicably and are, and are like fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, oh, my client Maria, she was like, I'm so happy for you. Like, this is great. You know, I've been with you from the beginning. She's like, but I'm still getting my microblading from Elizabeth. And I-, <laughs> <laughs> I saw her post the story and, and she, she said at True Beauty Brooklyn at Alex Lindley. And I was like, oh, she knows. No, that was actually before she knew. Really? Yes. Oh, no, it was Alex Lindley for it. was something that was very separate. Like she separated. Yeah, the two. but that was before. That was when she was like on her way to me. She just knows what she's doing. She's just a branding expert, that girl. But but when she said that, she kind of looked at me to get my reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was her way of like feeling out the situation. I was like, yeah, of course. That's also, so funny. I don't fucking do microblading. And if I did, it would be terrible. So, yes, please. But I thought it was funny. Look, divorces, you choose sides generally. That's why we're Bruce and Demi. Yes, you choose sides, and yeah, that's why we're Bruce and Demi. I'm in case anybody's interested. I'm Bruce. I decided. Yeah, I'm Demi more for whatever fucking reason, but I'm fine with that. Um, you want to be Bruce? I'll be Demi. She's hot. I mean, I'll be Demi. That's fine. <laughs> Not complaining. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. But again, back to like the Nicole Richie, like Paris Hilton thing. I'm sure for them it was a very like, oh, are you Nicole or Paris? And it's like, I don't want it to be that way. I should have said to my clients, I'm like, you know, obviously, like, I'm just going to be working for myself, by myself, just me. There's only going to be so many appointments. Like, don't feel any type of way if, like, you can't see me and you want to see Elizabeth or one of the other gals. Dude, as it is, people feel bad when they can't get in with one of us and they have to go to the other. Yeah, that's why I said it. Or that's why I've been saying it. Just so also they know that there really is, that isn't an issue. Right. And I, without them having to think about it or feel weird when they go to make an appointment, I'm like, let me just get that out there now. Because it's not a big deal. And um, also, if they're going to go anywhere, like, please don't go somewhere that's going to fuck up your face. Honestly. And that's what I was saying to you. I was like, dude, this is great. Like, I have somebody that I can re- like that I know is going to do a great job that I can refer to. That's right up the fucking street. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. And yeah, abundant mindset. And also just I think just being supportive, I think, is important because I think that most people Do you know, it's why most people don't tell people their dreams or they don't try things or they don't take risks because nobody wants to feel dumb. Nobody wants to feel like a failure. Nobody wants to be judged. And I think that it's important because you think that the rest of the world is going to judge you to be like if that's your friend, fucking support your friend, big up your friend. Like, yeah, because I don't know. Why not? Don't you both want to be, you know, living on the yacht, chilling together? Homies? Totally. Totally. I feel feel like it's the same if like you and your friend are both single and you're like out dating or out on the prowl together or something. Right. It's like, yeah, there's enough dick for all for both of you. Well, here's the thing, too. And we we, we mentioned this briefly at the end of the um the episode that we spoke about this on. But, you know, female friendship, his friendships historically have just been narrated to be catty and bitchy and I don't think that there's a lot of great um role models of like yes. lo- good long-term fe- like friends that aren't that just love each other mm-hmm. not even aren't anything but just love each other period like as it's much true. as I hate Carrie Bradshaw yes that was a, that's one of the reasons <laughs> that people love that show is because it was like about friendship also as much as it was about the dick 
and the fascial. Yes. No, for sure. That was like the, I guess, the really main focal point at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like insecure the same. It's like a, a yeah. show about friends. Yeah. I think people love some entertainment, but also like happy, nice things. For sure. For sure. I mean, it's like, like, look, that's why we don't talk about the news on the show. Because yeah. shit's wild out there. It's terrible. Like, don't you want an hour to just like have fun and forget about all your worries? It's true. But also, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Your 30s are kind of awesome. They are. I think I'm like still petty, but less petty. And <laughs> But do you know what, dude? I don't think that we're actually petty. Yeah, tell me about that. Especially after seeing what true pettiness is, like what you and I had to go through with my ex. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you and I wouldn't have, we would never do something like that. That's true. And I think oh, that yeah. you and I, we're petty in that like we like a silent win, but I don't think that's pettiness. Yeah. I think that yeah, maybe it's not. Yeah. I think that's just being proud of yourself. Also, maybe just being sensitive to things like, you know, it's. Oh, like you did this to me. I'm happy that that happened to you. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, what's the actual definition of petty? I'm Googling it. I remember having to explain petty to a Japanese person, and it was very interesting because I because exactly this. I was trying to describe it, and it wasn't coming across because it's a weird emotion, pettiness, right? Because it's like, yeah, it's kind of anger, but not really. It's more, what is yes. it? Yes. It is. The definition of petty is someone who gets caught up in small details. So an example of petty is a person who gets very angry when someone accidentally steps on their foot. It's true. It's like, that's petty. Like, yeah. why are you getting so mad unless they broke your toe? Yes. Something. Yes. Yes. Totally. Um, but I think that's like a perfect definition. But I feel like with certain things, it's OK to get caught up in the small details. And you and I, us being petty is that you were working for a company at one point and they didn't understand that you had a podcast and you were like, I cannot do anything on, on this day. I podcast this day and they just wouldn't respect that. And then one day they came to be an advertiser and I was like, these yes. mother Yes. Like that feeling of pettiness like that. You're right. That is a little yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, oh, really? Oh, really? Like, so maybe petty can be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that petty? I don't know. People tell us. What's that emotion? If it isn't petty, what is it? I'm thinking. I feel like it's just nice to be right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> is what it comes down to. Yes. Which I guess is a petty thing sometimes. But well, you and I don't like dis being disrespected. I think that that's really where our pettiness comes in is if we feel like we're being disrespected. Yes. And then that person gets what's coming to them and we're not sad about it. Yes, right. I feel like I'm constantly respecting other people, hyper aware of their feelings, yes. all this stuff. So if I don't get the same in return, I feel a certain way. However, <laughs> I learned in therapy that part of the reason why I'm so hyper aware is because of childhood trauma and having to be hyper aware of adult situations and adults around me and like not getting to just like be a child. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, I, I'm empathetic, but I'm also... There's this like lingering, the hyper awareness is like anxiety. Yes. A lingering resentment, maybe? I don't know. Still, still like unraveling that. Yeah, still figuring it out. But when I was telling her stuff, she kind of made it seem like I'm a textbook case. <laughs> she didn't say that, but that was like the vibe I got. Of because childhood she, trauma or of anxiety or of what? Um, of, I forget what it's called. Um, 
Okay, it's called like a parentified child. Mm. So it's when like a kid is kind of forced to take on the role of an adult, whether it's like actually doing like adult chores or um, emotion, taking on adult emotions, understanding adult situations, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure is really common. And it will make you, it kind of is like, okay, you're a child, but you're being forced as a child to worry about things. Like as a child, you should just be like, Enjoying yourself, thinking about yourself, having fun with your friends, playing, being a kid. Right. But when you're parentified as a kid, you are forced to understand like adult situations and or um, worrying about adults emotions around you. Mm. And so you're kind of like programmed from a young age to worry about other people and not um, consider yourself as much. So it's kind of crazy. That is crazy. And that's very Shapiro. Yes. And like a lot of the things she said, I was just able to relate to. And the reason why I say that I felt like I was a very textbook case is because she would ask me questions. I would answer them. She'd ask me another. I would answer it. She kept asking me. And once I did my own research, I was like, oh, she was getting to this the whole session. Like she knew she saw your ass. Yes. Yeah. The the one box that I don't check, though, is that a lot of people in my situation usually have a hard time with friendships and keeping lasting friendships and Mm. meaningful friendships and I was like okay that's not me I have all my friendships are very long term and I'm very close with them Mm -hmm. so that was like the one thing because she kept asking me about all the relationships in my life and I was like why does she want to know so much about like my friendships but it makes sense now well also I think that that's what therapy is is who the fuck you surrounding yourself with because it all makes you who you are you know yes right like getting to know like if I ever bring somebody up new like I see her like she's like who is this again I'm like furiously typed yeah which I, I don't hate because I'm, I don't know, a narcissist. I'm like, so you care about me? Paying attention? <laughs> oh, you love me. Um, so that's so interesting what you were saying, because specifically black children, black American children, I've found that we all have very similar experiences. But just in that, you know, white supremacy, racism, we're, mm. we have to take on so much more than the average child in terms of understanding the world in terms of understanding racism, all these things. But it's it's interesting because, you know, I didn't have the same um, parental childhood as you had. I, I would probably say the opposite. Based on the way that you talk about my parents, I would say probably Oh, my opposite. God. I'm like, adopt me now. <laughs> but, you know, it's America. We didn't grow up with a ton of money. Things were difficult. Like I said, I speak to a lot of specifically black people, and we have similar experiences in just having to grow up much faster and take on adult, uh, understand adult topics at a much younger age than our peers. For sure. I could totally see that. I think, too, it's like for me, it's not like I had this terrible childhood. Like, of course, it could have been worse. But it's also like, what does that mean? You know, like it affected me the way it affected me. And that's just that. And it can be a small thing that could affect the shit out of you because you're a fucking kid. Yes. <laughs> Your brain doesn't know how to handle these things. Dude, when Jess was pregnant with her, with Emery, I was asking her like how she feels about becoming a mom. And she said that she was listening to the podcast called uh, Therapy for Black Girls. And she said, you know, as a parent and... You can try your best to not traumatize your kid, but it's so far out of your control. Like you can turn around for one minute in the supermarket, your kid walks away, they're lost for 30 minutes. That's going to that could traumatize your kid and it has nothing to do with you or it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent or that you did something wrong. It's just 
it happens. And she was like, when I realized yeah. that, she's like, I, a lot of anxiety left me because I just realized like, it isn't all, like I'm not alone gonna fuck this kid up. Like either way, this kid's gonna get fucked up. I'm just gonna do my best to like minimize it. Absolutely. It's crazy, like the things, when I was, I've told you the story, when I was like five, I got lost when I was at the beach and it was a beach I'd been to. It was like the beach I grew up going to. And I was there. Okay, funny because I brought it up recently and my stepmom's like, I don't remember that. That means I definitely wasn't there. And I'm like, oh shit, my dad never told her. Oh, let's hear that the I story. was lost. I mean, I it was kind of like my par- my family like took us to the beach every single weekend. And when I was little, my grandma still had her house that my dad grew up in, which is like down the block from the beach. So we were there all the time. And this is also why I can stay at the beach. Like <laughs> When I went to the beach with my friend Leah recently, she's like, I'm just letting you know, like, we don't stay at the beach as long as you. Is that okay? Because her boyfriend was driving. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's so fine. Funny. It's a whole day I, event for you. Yeah, I can stay for like eight hours. But that's how I, it was when I was growing up. I think that's very East Coast beach situation because you only have six months. Yeah, like I, I feel like some people on the West Coast don't even seem to really care about the beach. I guess it's not as exciting. Here, our beach culture is like intense. I'm not it's a part of It's party culture. Yeah, I'm not it's a part like, of it. But I, people are, are look at me like I've got seven heads when I say that I, I don't go to the Rockaways. I know. It's definitely a thing. But anyway, we were at the beach. I And it was kind of the same every time. Like I would go make friends. I'd play by the water. And I'd come back later. And I must have just gotten like a little discombobulated. And I didn't, I couldn't find where my dad was. And I was walking around. I think I was crying. So these two older ladies um, helped me and they brought me to the lifeguard. And the lifeguard was asking me to like give him details. Like, okay, what what does your beach setup look like? You know, I remember I told him I had this cute little peach colored beach chair. And so I told him that. I told him that there were flowers on our umbrella. Anyway, he found my dad in like five minutes. But I, I felt like I was lost for hours. I'm yes. sure it was not that long at all. And I have the the memory of that is more vivid, I think, than any other childhood memory that I have. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Aww. because it was traumatizing. For sure. Okay, I've got a question about you just like getting discombobulated. Is I have vivid memories of sort of similar as that, like just kind of quote unquote, waking up and realizing nobody else was there or something. Do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. And now uh-huh. in my adult life realizing, oh, is that called detachment? Yeah. Have I just been doing this my whole life? But like how wild I wonder. And so I only bring it up because you and I are so similar that I wonder if like not even in a bad way, but if you were just like fucking detachment in your head. Possibly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have this one very specific memory of like sitting at the lunch table and eating a grape like icy. And just sitting there and sitting there. And then I looked up at one point and everybody was gone. Have no idea how long I was sitting there. Stuff like that has happened to me as a kid. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. I'm a daydreamer, though. A hundred percent. I'm not a... Now I'm a daydreamer. I'm very cerebral. I'm always in my fucking head. Yeah. I feel like that's part of it. hmm But yeah, so when I brought up this story recently to my dad in front of my stepmom, she was like, there's no way I was there. I would definitely remember this. And I probably don't know because your dad was scared to tell me because I would have been pissed. 
that wait, he like let you get lost. He wait, so she was there but didn't realize that you were lost. <laughs> no, it, it turns out she wasn't. Oh. And, and actually, when I played the memory back in my head, I'm like, yeah, it was just my dad and my grandma there. Oh. Yeah, he's smart not to say. Because I mean, no, no harm, no foul, right? Why are you gonna get yourself in right? Trouble like at the you end found me. It's fine. Oh, that's but, like, so funny. But isn't that a scary part? Like the idea of having a child. Yes. Like, I think that I would lose my fucking shit, especially with how into true crime I am. Mm-hmm. I would run to just like the worst conclusion immediately. Yeah, dude. And my dad didn't even know I was gone. He didn't even know I was missing. Because I was off playing with friends. I knew I was missing. <laughs> but I wonder, too, is if it's if it's different for um, a mom and a dad. Like that feeling of, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, God, I think I've told you my dad at that time, this was like the early to mid-90s, he always wore Speedos and I was oh so embarrassed my God. by them. No, he, why? I don't know. It was like past the era of Speedos and he'd be the only dad at the beach wearing one. Oh my God, I'm learning so much about Andy. Why was he in Speedos? This is so funny. I specifically remember a blue one. Yeah, always fucking wearing Speedos. I was embarrassed as a child. Like I knew it was weird. But I think my dad was just, even once he started wearing swim trunks, he'd wear shorter ones. Like he didn't go with the trends ever. I thought that you were going to say he was doing it kind of just to be like silly. No, he was he serious. It. He'd wear those in his aviator sunglasses, like his Ray-Bans. I have so many questions for him. Was, was he wearing it? Because, wait, your dad was also like in shape, right? Yeah, so maybe that's why. Okay, so he was showing off. But why? To show off his thought? It's so weird. I need to ask him. trying to get the him. ladies. He was like, I'm here on the beach. I'm looking good. He's probably young and hot. He's probably our age. Listen, I'm going to ask him when I see him this weekend. Yes. Why he wore that. I know what his answer will be. He'll be like, I don't even remember that. He doesn't remember. That was why, girl. That was definitely why. Wouldn't you be uncomfortable if your dad was wearing a Speedo, even as a child? Of course. Dude, I'm like I was embarrassed. Girl, I'm it's uncomfortable fun. as it is. My sister's mother-in-law is always talking about how handsome my dad is. And Jess is like, stop trying to fuck my dad. Your husband's right there. I'm dead. All, your dad is a cutie. He's Look, I look just like him. He's you a very, got, you he's a guys very really are twins. You're twins. I'm, de- I'm 100% my father's child, except for the yes. talking. That's all Sharice. Aw, get to get something from her. I know, right? And the boobs and the hips. That's all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Boobies from Sharice. Boobies from Sharice. Did you ever get lost as a child? I don't remember getting lost as a child, honestly. Um, it's possible, but I'm, I, I mean, you know me, dude. I'm missing like a fear gene in a weird way. So I feel like even if I did get lost, I was like, oh, is this like an adventure? Or yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meanwhile, I was having a mental breakdown. 
Also, my grandma's house was like two blocks away. I probably could have gotten there on my own. Well, no, five is very young to be lost. I might have even been younger. How when can you remember your memories? Um, I don't know. Some people supposedly remember being born, but I'm just like, is that a lie? That makes no fucking sense. You remember coming out of your mom's vaginal canal? No, that don't make no sense. But with that being said, the memory that I have the most, I get the youngest. We were living in Yonkers still in the second house that we lived in Yonkers. And when we moved to Narrowsburg, I was five or six. Mm. So I must have been three or four. I must have been four because I was sitting outside because I was supposed to go to school, but I didn't have anything in my backpack and I was really embarrassed. And my aunt came and she was like, what are you doing here? And I said, I don't have anything in my backpack. I don't want to go to school. And so she gave me a roll of paper towels and then went to school. Oh, my God. Kids are weird. That's so interesting. Like, what did I need in my backpack as a four year old? She gave me a roll of paper towels. And was like, go to school, bitch. And then, but I'll, here's the other question. How did I get to school from there? I don't remember. Somebody had to take me. I wonder, too, sometimes if my memories are correct. You know, you think of like, um, especially when it's a traumatic thing, like when someone goes missing or someone's murdered and they're asking witnesses or something. Mm. Come to find out half the people didn't remember things correctly. Oh, I'm, this, I'm a terrible eyewitness. Yeah, like, I wonder... But everybody's a terrible eyewitness. I, okay, so, and there's an awesome... Sorry to cut you off. There's an awesome Angela Davis documentary, and it's called Free Angela Davis and All Political Prisoners. I think it's on, like, Amazon. And it's actually produced by uh, the Smiths, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. And first of all, Angela Davis is still fucking alive. And so it drives me crazy that she's just an icon, a civil rights leader icon, and we're not standing that she is still alive and also was number one in the FBI's most wanted list. Anyway, watch the documentary. It's incredible. But She's not even that old. No. She's like, oh, well, I mean, she's like in her 70s. Yeah, but she's. you'd think she'd be like 95 because it just seemed like that was all supposedly so long ago. Yeah, that was done on purpose, girl, so that we yeah. think that it was yeah. so long ago. Exactly. Okay, so long story short is Angela Davis is an incredible civil rights leader. And one of the things that she did was she um, would find or she she protested for wrongly incarcerated black youth. And so there is this um, group of men, young men who were falsely imprisoned in California. And so she was protesting and picketing. And then one of the young men's brothers uh, sort of became like her little brother. Right. And so this kid decided that he wanted to try to break his brother out of jail. And so he like got a gun and like created this entire plan to like when he was being transferred, I think, from the uh, courthouse to the jail, he was trying to like break him out. Obviously, the plot got foiled. They both ended up getting killed by the police. But Angela Davis was arrested. Well, this is why she went on the run. And they tried to frame her. They tried to put it on her and say that she was like the mastermind behind all of this. Meanwhile, Angela Davis is like a world-renowned scholar. She uh, was a professor at Berkeley. She has, yeah, she's like so uh, incredible and well-known. And this is the reason that she, I think that she wasn't killed was because she was already an international icon. But anyway, so um, the prosecution was saying that 
they had all these eyewitnesses. And Angela Davis had this huge afro, of course, because it's like the 70s. But all of the black women at the time that she was hanging out with also had huge afros. And so the guy was like, oh, I know for sure that that was her. I know that that was her. And he said, like, point out the woman that you know you saw do it. And he pointed at her friend. And so and uh, oh, no, it wasn't the prosecution. It was the defense. Because the defense was trying to prove that an eyewitness account is the least reliable account that you can have. Mm. Because eyewitnesses don't know what the fuck they're seeing. That's so interesting. And that's how she got off, dude. That's how she fucking got off. Because all these people swore that it was her. Because racism. And it wasn't. Wow. Really, really, really fucking awesome documentary. I highly recommend it. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think that a lot of people have. And do you know why I loved it so much? Because it isn't just about Angela Davis. It's about all the different cultures who came around to help her because they saw that there was injustice being had. And they saw Mm -hmm. that this was a woman who was being wrongly accused and they just wanted to fucking end the bullshit, right? And so the woman who's like narrating is white. And so she's saying, you know... When Angela was on the run, there was only two people who said that they would put up her bail if she ever got caught. One was Aretha Franklin and one was this farmer in Northern California. And so, yes. And so when she got arrested, they called Aretha Franklin. She couldn't wire the money in time because she wasn't in the country. So they called the farmer in Northern California. And it was just like this white guy. And like the they showed actual interview footage of him um, like talking about this. And he was saying, do you know? I I put my farm up because I just knew that this was a woman who was being wrongly accused and she and I believe in doing what's right. And based on the amount of hate mail and racism, like and threats that I've gotten since putting this money up, I know that I'm doing the right thing. Wow. Girl. Who's this fucking farmer? That's a great question. And I wish I knew <laughs> the answer, but I bet a quick Google search will probably tell us. Or just watch the documentary. Wait, so he actually did it? Yeah, he put up her bail. And then she got out. Oh, my God. Yes, he put his farm up so she could make bail. Aretha Franklin girl and some random ass farmer are the only two people in the world. Yeah, where was everyone else? She was the number one most FBI's most wanted. People were also, fucking hands off. I love Aretha Franklin. <laughs> uh, she Bad bitch. For at least offering. Bi- of course. Of course. Bad bitch. She's like, oh, darling, I'm out of the country, darling. I won't be able to I think make she's it. she's like in the West Indies or something. Something like very black and awesome. This also. farmer's like, I can put up my farm if you like. <laughs> He's like, Miss Davis, I love your afro. And I think you're doing the right thing. I can't even say anything bad about him. I can't. Like, love it. Love it. And stories like that that just um, make me believe in America. Make me believe in people. But does not make me believe in eyewitnesses. No. Eyewitness accounts. The worst account, as it turns out. (sighs) See, then I wonder. I think I told you that story about a friend of mine in high school who accidentally killed a dude in like a a road rage thing. Yes. Um, Like he was driving. He was actually in a rental car because his car was getting work done. And he cut off this dude and the dude got so fucking mad he caught up to him at a red light parked his car horizontally in front of my friend's car got out he was like this big dude and he was in like a sports car really big guy and he gets out and he's pounding on this car on my friend's rental car and he's just going all around the car trying to like get him to get out all this crazy shit and this was like in the middle of the day also and my friend 
went to go reverse, but he didn't reverse. Yeah. He went forward instead and he killed the guy. And I 1000% believe that is true. Like I've known this person for many years and I also, why would you do that? Like he was scared. He didn't come out because he was scared. No, yeah, nobody's nobody's intentionally trying to kill the person who's trying to attack them in a road rage through the window. Yeah, it was nuts. And part of how he got off was because that must have been so terrifying. It was insane. This was like a long court battle. Oh my God. Um, but all of these people came forward being like, I've been in road raid altercations with this dude. Ah. Because, yeah. And that and eyewitnesses, because there were eyewitnesses there that were like, uh, yeah, he was trying to get into the fucking car. All right. Well, that's a little bit of a different situation than it's like a shootout. Totally. You know what I mean? And like people totally. are running. <laughs> Very like, yeah, we're watching it and recording. Totally. Sir. Like, I feel like that's when eyewitnesses should be like accounted for and listen to I think in other situations it's like unless it's very cut and dry like that it's like a little yes yeah for sure when people are scurrying and running and yeah there's seven people with afros and brown skin yeah 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 Yeah. and during an era where I feel like people really did all dress a certain way and like look a certain way totally purposefully it was called the counter culture right right bitch I ain't you I'm me and us bitch I ain't you (laughs) (laughs) that was fun that was a lot of fun what should we wrap this up with should we do a beauty baddie moment of the week should we shit um i've got a beauty baddie moment of the week if we if this is what we're doing tell me okay so for the people who might not know although i think that you do because you're here listening to a bonus episode our beauty baddie moment of the week is an unfortunate name for one of my favorite segments and (laughs) it is where we recap a moment during the week that we felt beautiful in a non-traditional way so moments of growth moments of self-care moments of happiness whatever um and if you guys have a beauty baddie moment of the week that you want to share with us you can record us a voicemail at 866-6-BA- D-D-I-E. That's 866-6-BADDY. So, <laughs> I know, I love it. It sounded very professional. Well, it's like my moment to do like the, what was it in the 90s or in the, in the early aughts, like those party lines? If you want sexy <laughs> singles, 866-BADDY. Oh my God. We're probably stealing a number from 1995. They wish. We got this number fair and square. I have no <laughs> idea how it came up first, number one, because they just say, like, what name do you want? Anyway, y'all don't need to know that. So, my beauty baddie moment of the week. I just recently moved. I guess it's been like six months now almost. Wow. Is that possible? April, May, June. No, three months. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I recently moved to a new neighborhood and I, it's, This is going to be kind of long because, all right, so I'm going to make it short. I'm a black gentrifier. It's kind of hilarious because my neighbors don't really know what to make of me. And I'm living in this neighborhood where people have lived here for fucking forever, do you know? And then there's like little me's, little gentrifiers popping up around. But I love Brooklyn. I love New York because New Yorkers are New Yorkers. And like, bitch, this is my neighborhood. You just fucking got here. Who the fuck are you? And my example of this is a couple of weeks ago, I was walking up my uh, front steps and these girls, these these young girls were roller skating and um, they said, hi. I said, hi. And they said, um, is your name Elizabeth? And I said, it is. What are your names? And they told me their names. And they said, um, can we ask you something? And I said, sure. And they said, are you the black president? 
I said, excuse me? And they're like, I heard that you're the black president. Are you the black president? And I said, no, it was nice to meet you. And as I go inside, I'm like, what the fuck was that about? And then I realized one of their mamas was like, mm-hmm, here comes Miss Elizabeth. Look at who, who she thinks she is, the black president? Mm-hmm. And these girls heard it and repeated something that they shouldn't hear, have repeated. They're, but they're so innocent that they're like, they're we heard you're the black president. So innocent. And you know what? I'm not mad. I feel like I'm part of the neighborhood. I'm like, these, they know me. They're talking they shit. They notice me. They hate me. They hate it's me. Bad. They're talking no shit. No kidding. They don't that hate means you. I'm here. Yeah. 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 Bitch, that means I'm here. That is hilarious. I fucking love it. I love it. And really fucking cute. Here. How old were these girls? These girls were probably like seven, like six, seven, like, like seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Like they would not understand that that was like a jab. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was very cute. Aww, yeah. I love that. And they're in cute roller skates. They Their wheels lit up. <laughs> I love that they were on roller skates. Mm-hmm. They're very cute. It's like so old school. I know. It reminds me very much of just like living in an... It reminds me of being a kid in Yonkers and like having my click clacks in my hair and like just hanging out with my sister and like, I love it. It's great. That's cute. Um, My beauty baddie moment of the week, you're going to get mad at me, but I gave myself a lash lift again. Dude, <laughs> legit, I just spoke with somebody from the Zoe Report today because they're looking for like comments on lash lifts and like, is this something you can DIY in caps? I said, do not DIY. So if you're listening to this podcast because you heard about us from the Zoe report, just pretend like you didn't hear that part. I just like had a little time because the client canceled and I felt like I was looking like shit lately. I mean, I get my it. allergy eyes. I have allergy eyes every day. They're just puffy. So at least if my lashes look good, it's like makes me look not as shitty. Dude, look, I get it. But as I was doing it, I was like, I can't tell Elizabeth. <laughs> it's not funny when you do things. And I, I, what, I don't remember what I did, but I was just like, I can't tell Alex about this. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am telling you. It's been a week. So I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's I fine. survived it. I exactly. didn't, wasn't going to tell you ahead of time. Dude, I get it. It's like when I put glue in my eye and I was like, I cannot. I got to wait a few oh, days before I tell Shapiro about this. fucking God. Dude, my lashes are back that now. That story. That story. We got to hold on to that one for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good one. I'm not ready. I'm not ready the same way when I wasn't ready to tell people about getting scammed. And then one day I was just like, I'll tell y'all about how I got scammed on the internet. It's hilarious. <laughs> just need like time to pass through. Oh, it happened. You got through it. I got through it. My eyelashes are coming back. And one day you guys are going to hear the story. Yay. So this is a bonus episode. So I'm not going to tell you about next week's episode. Because um, this isn't our regular schedule. Because that's it. Because that's it. Uh, you guys can DM or email us your listener letters and beauty baddie moments of the week. Um, you guys can catch us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast, or you can email us at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. And like we said before, you can leave us a voicemail with your beauty baddie moment of the week at 866 baddie. We will play it at the end of the show to help inspire the other baddies out there. We may. Well, maybe. We might. We might. You better leave us a good one. But it'd be hilarious. Yeah, if it's not good, we're not playing it. But it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I wanted to have like, you know, uh climax, a plot. Plan. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I'm um, just kidding. Tell us anything. You can just call and say hi and hang up. Yeah. You can follow our personal Instagram accounts. I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. I'm at Alex Lindley. And if you live locally, you can make an appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com for our Greenpoint location at 166 Franklin Street. And if you guys don't live locally, you can book a virtual skincare consultation with us at truebeautybrooklyn.com. And that is it. 
That's it. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a COCBK production produced by Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro, mixed by BetaWave. Follow us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.